for your Saturday morning coffee with Reese Boyd. Reese Boyd is on right now. Talk 94.5. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another edition of Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. I am Reese Boyd, your host, local attorney here in town with the firm of Davis and Boyd Attorneys at Law. It is 7.08 on your Saturday morning on this Saturday, February the 6th, 2021. Thanks for uh, tuning in with us this morning as we help you get your Saturday morning going. Here at Saturday Morning Coffee, we invite you to sit down, pour yourself a cup, of your favorite coffee and join us as we talk about the news, current events, all the things happening in your world that we think you need to know about. Here at Saturday Morning Coffee, we are all about limited constitutional government, lower taxes, and all the things that create more freedom for you and me, all of us who are we the people. We have a country to save, folks, and it starts right here on the local level. So uh, thanks for joining us. Let's get to it. It's, um, it's a great Saturday morning here along the Grand Strand. We're joined here in the studio, as always, by producer extraordinaire, Dr. Glenn Dye. Glenn, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing good, man. How about yourself, Reese? I am living the dream, Glenn. I mean, we've got a Democratic president. We've got a uh, Democratic <laughs> Congress that's spending money like drunken sailors. Even yeah. the Democrats are getting worried about how much money they're spending. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, even the, like, old school, you know? Died in the world of Democrats. Should be concerned. Are are sweating over what they're doing with the money. Yeah. But, hey, folks, it's just money. (laughs) It's just money. Can't we just keep it in this country? Spend all you want. We will print more. No, I mean, but seriously, we're in in a pandemic. Can we not just keep the money in the country? You know what really lit me up this week, Glenn? That your federal government, your Department of Defense, and I don't, I'm not, I don't mean to pick on the Department of Defense. No. Of all the departments, the Department of Defense is probably my favorite. But when I found out today, or not today, Glenn, this week, that the federal government was wanted to prioritize Khalik Sheikh Mohammed down at Gitmo yeah. to get the coronavirus before you and me. <laughs> I, for reasons that are not entirely clear to me. It's stupid. <laughs> I mean, we're paying for all this. I mean, has it dawned on y'all? Has it dawned on any of you guys? That there's a slim chance, but there's a chance that we would be better off without all this if we could just slough off all of the government and just kind of go back to uh, little tribal negotiations amongst ourselves. We'd probably be better off. I don't, I don't know. I'm just kind of I'm thinking out loud, obviously, thinking out loud. But, yeah, crazy week. Your government is spending money like drunken sailors. I mean, these guys give drunken sailors a bad name. So, it's and like you said, Glenn, the money's going overseas. It's going all around the world. It's being spent. It's The government is literally spending money now faster than it can be printed. Well, and one of my biggest concerns is all the executive orders. Um, it appears to be we are being ruled now instead of governed. Uh, 
Very much so. Very much. I so. mean, this is something that an autocratic uh, ruler would do. Where we're this is the rule, this is the law. Yeah, it the, was. The, he's skipping a whole section of government. <laughs> you yeah, know, absolutely, absolutely. They're, you know, people criticized forty-five, our president, yep. Donald J. Trump, for doing things by executive order that could not be done. Now, I want y'all to remember when. Barack Obama, for let's just take an example, immigration. When Doc, Barack Obama could not get deferred action for childhood arrivals through the Congress, what did he do? Executive he, order. He issued an executive order. Donald J. Trump issued an executive order reversing the Obama administration executive order, and suddenly Donald J. Trump was a tyrant that was putting children in cages. Right. And so what this president is doing what Donald J. Trump did pales in comparison to what this president is doing. This president is issuing executive orders on a historically unprecedented rate. Think he's got more than the last three presidents combined? Yeah, it's insanity. Yeah. It is insanity. And, and the interesting thing is to listen to Joe Biden and to actually mm -hmm. hear him speak and wonder, are you thinking about these words, or are you simply reading the teleprompter and it's just not registering? It, like this week, he was on, um, he was on it might have been just a press conference, and he said, uh, talking about the abysmal job creation, and at this rate, it will take 10 years for the economy to recreate the job losses that we have suffered as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic. <laughs> and, and I'm like, I want to, I I, he's the president. You can't do this, but you want to shake him. You want to yeah. grab him. Or, and I think, dude, at the stroke of a pin this week, yeah. or last week, you destroyed hundreds of thousands of jobs. Yep. At, literally, at the stroke of a pin, you destroyed hundreds of thousands of jobs, and now you're complaining at the slow rate at which the economy is coming back and and you're basically setting the stage for don't blame me if we don't have the jobs for 10 years i mean I'm, i may be president for eight years and we still may not have the jobs back what he's doing is yes he is ruling over us Thank he you. is not yep. governing us right and it's it's absurd it's obscene it's really obscene well and then cutting off the pipeline stopping uh, natural you know everything that comes to energy Energy is what this this world is based on. Our the world's economy is, is based on energy. Yeah. And petroleum goes in everything from the buttons on your keyboard exactly to yoga pants to everything. We talked petroleum we products this week. Yeah, we talked about that this week. This, last week. Uh, excuse the, me. Um, the ripple effect yeah. of this is going to be devastating. P petrochemicals. Don't just go into your car to get nope. burned up as gasoline. Petrochemicals are in virtually everything. This laptop that I'm typing yep. on, this, uh, all of these things here on the desk have some form of petrochemicals in them. And the idea that we're going to replace, and all of this is happening, folks, because we are now under the helm of people with a very narrow worldview. They think we all need to drive electric cars. Yeah. They don't think any of us need to have a carbon footprint. They think we all need to live a very austere life and be happy to pay uh, 45, 50% marginal tax rates to support a quote-unquote green economy. I mean, what? Where did that come from? 
on whose planet does that make sense? It is it's absolute idiocy. Yeah. And but don't worry, guys that lost your job. Oh, yeah. You can start building solar panels and turbines. You're going to have to move your family to China. Yeah. But who's gonna, who's gonna, don't gonna worry these, about it. There's jobs gonna coming. These, who's going to move these families to China? Bastards. <laughs> can we say that on the radio? Uh, yeah, I did. I'm sorry. But I, I'm just so disgusted. I mean, and, and when we come back, maybe you could tell me, how did Nancy Pelosi be speaker in name only and really AOC is driving the bus she's the sino she is speaker in name only yes it's amazing folks we invite you guys to join the program dial us at 843-903-2945 or text us at 843-798-8255 a lot to talk about on the program coming up today so stick with us we'll be back with more Saturday morning coffee He's bigger than life superhero. He's the captain of the foot. Local news and more. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour is now two full hours. More Reese means more coffee. Coming up next on Talk 94.5. Hi, this is Scott Richards for Advanced Power Wash of Myrtle Beach. We have been in our house for 20 years, and we recently cut back some hedges, and I realized, boy, this house is a mess. So I got in touch with my friend, Sean Gibson. Sean is the owner and proprietor of Advanced Power Wash of Myrtle Beach. This guy is amazing. Sean's going to come out and clean our house. Low pressure, high cleaning. It's going to take less than a day, and it will look better than new. I am absolutely convinced. Get started at advancedpowerwashmb.com. Hi, everybody. It's attorney Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour here on WTKN. I'm also a practicing attorney with the firm of Davis and Boyd, attorneys at law, here in Myrtle Beach. These are certainly trying and uncertain times for individuals, families, and businesses here along the Grand Strand. Please know that our team of professionals at Davis and Boyd stands ready to assist you with all of your personal and business legal needs. So if we can assist you in any way, give us a call at 839-9800. That's Davis and Boyd, Attorneys at Law. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour, two full hours on Talk 94.5. In a cave below the ground, way down, it's cold and it's dark. But a nose his way around And the mazes of the underground Are no match for him But it looks just like a traveler Who hasn't showered in a while And been living in the ground Milo is your best friend He's your second cousin All roads lead to He's the rising sun Milo is a long, long way from home, yeah Milo is a name you won't forget Milo I haven't met Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. Little Matt the Electrician, as always, to get your Saturday morning going. You know why Matt the Electrician, you know why Milo is such good Saturday morning music? 
Um, I don't know. Because right, <laughs> a traveler who hasn't showered in a while, that's, yeah. that's what I feel like every Saturday morning. I feel like a, a traveler who hasn't showered in a while. Really? Um, <laughs> I, I don't. I shower before I come in. I, yeah, I, well, I'm, I'm always rolling out of bed and just kind of dragging myself. See, and I'm one of those guys that has to have a shower before I yeah. leave the house. Yeah. Unless, like, I'm going to the dump or Walmart, of course. I'm always <clears throat> I'm always in Milo, Milo mode for, uh, for Saturday morning coffee. Thanks for uh, joining us, folks. We invite you guys to join the program. We were a little slow to the uh, to the numbers. Again, the dial-in line is 843-903-2945. Talk, uh, excuse me, text line, the PCRXcomputers.com text line is 843-798-8255. That's 798-TALK. And you can always email your comments to SMC for Saturday morning coffee, SMC at gmail.com you can also call me during normal business hours uh monday through friday nine to five at the offices of davis and boyd attorneys at law where i do practice law that is my day job so feel free to call me there many of you have reached out and uh, we've connected there always love to hear from you guys again those numbers uh, that number as always is 843-839-9800 Zero zero, and it was a big week. Um, mm-hmm. Lot to unpack. I mean, there's so much coming at us uh, now. It's really hard to uh, get your arms around it. But um, uh, thank you guys for checking in already this morning on the PCRXcomputers.com text line. Andy's checking in. Andy, the bass player, checking in, saying thank you for the mug that uh, that uh, we sent him. Thank you for playing along, Andy. Appreciate your uh, support. Bob checking in. And uh, James from Myrtle Beach checking in with an interesting link early this morning. Israeli hospital claims it has developed a COVID cure. So that will be interesting. We'll be seeing, take a look at that, see what that's all about. Thank you, James, for sharing that. Uh, Israeli hospital claims it has developed a COVID cure. Drug trial shows 96% positive test results. So hmm, something hmm. positive there. Um, but lots going on. I wanted to share with you guys. Uh, speaking of which, um, uh, a little bit later in the show, actually in just a few minutes, we're going to be joined by Representative Tim McGinnis. Uh, Representative McGinnis is going to be coming in to talk with us about the legislative session, what's going on in Columbia. And he's also going to be sharing with us some of that fine coffee from the famous toastery in Carolina Forest. All right. So we are looking forward to that. And uh, a little bit uh, later in the program, uh, we are going to be, well, we're going to be, I want to say this, we're honoring uh, the memory of President uh, Ronald Reagan. Today, were he alive, would be his 110th birthday. And he'd probably still be sharper than some people in office today. I would, I would take Reagan <laughs> at 110 <laughs> easily. I would, I'd give you points. I'd take Reagan and I'd give you points uh, <laughs> over Biden. Hey, uh, Bob chimed in on the PACRXcomputers.com text line. He's bringing bagels. Well, excellent for there him. You go. So we're looking forward to seeing Bob this morning. <laughs> and I uh, wanted to share, there's so much going on, guys. We're, we're in, a, in a really difficult, difficult period, as we've already alluded to this morning. Um, we've got uh, a real problem here in this country, and I'm going to I'm try to get to all of this today. I uh, don't know if we'll get to everything, but we are we are honoring the memory of Ronald Reagan. We were talking about uh, Reagan on the uh, on the Liz show on Friday, and I was explaining to Liz that when I was driving into the into the show to uh, to guess with her Friday morning yesterday, and they were talking about Reagan. The 
line that kept popping into my head was that old Simon and Garfunkel song, Where Have You Gone, Joe DiMaggio, A Nation Turns Its Lonely Eyes to You. I kept that song, just I couldn't get it out of my head, and I kept thinking, where is is Ronald Reagan when you need him? Um, What a great president. We spent a lot of time talking about Reagan yesterday on the Liz Show, and we're remembering uh, his memory, his contribution today. What an amazing president. Uh, he was, and I was thinking as I prepared for this show, all the great influences that I had as a very young. I mean, Reagan is the first president that I really remember. Right. You know, that I that I have a sense of the kind of job that he did as president because I remember things were tough under Carter, but I was just a child, you know. And I mean, I just mm-hmm. I remember gas was hard to get. There were gas lines, but I just remember people being down and and what reagan did for this country is he got us motivated again he got us energized and he reduced marginal tax rates um the 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 tax code was was heavy the the government was bloated and he came into office and he said i'm going to get government off your back i'm going to get it out of the way we're going to strengthen our military again we had we had just been through the iran hunt uh iran hostage crisis yep and we'd had the failed uh, Desert One mission where we tried to go rescue our hostages, and that failed. And so Reagan was sort of the antidote to all of that. And But what was so amazing to me, and I thought about this uh, yesterday morning for the first time, think about this. People that grew up in that age, like me, we grew up, uh, we saw movies as kids. We saw movies like Red Dawn that celebrated freedom, Iron Eagle, things that came out. That was the sort of the mood of the country at that time. We celebrated our military. We celebrated the fact that we had a strong military again. Reagan came back and said, look, you have decimated the military. You have things happening like uh, Desert One and, and all these things over, finished. I mean, the military is now my priority. He did very much like Trump did. He made the military a high priority. Reagan said, I want a 600-ship Navy. People said he was crazy. But he did it, and he beat the Soviet Union um, into submission, basically. And as Margaret Thatcher famously observed, he won the Cold War without firing a shot. And so, you know, it's, it's, a, it's just a fascinating to me to think about that mood and that atmosphere right. that, that he created and how that impacted me as a young person, and so many millions of other young people, and then to think what kids are growing up under today, the mood that they're growing up under today. They're being taught that America is a fundamentally flawed, racist country, that it's been racist since 1619, that everything around us is somehow broken and unjust, and that there is no equity in our society however that's defined, and that all of this somehow needs to be uh, broken down, rebooted, reformatted, and rebuilt from the ground up in some better image is the apparent, I think, image that, that all these kids are getting either explicitly or implicitly by all the things that they're being taught. So I'll be curious to uh, hear what you guys have to say, but we are uh, celebrating Reagan. We're going to celebrate him uh, throughout the show this morning. And uh and uh, we'll uh, also be um, talking again to, uh, to uh, uh, Representative Tim McGinnis in just a few minutes. And uh, late, a little later in the show, uh, we're going to be joined um, by author Richard Battle. And Richard Battle is going to talk to us also a little bit about uh, Reagan. And we've got some great clips we want to share with you throughout the show. I want to do this, though. I want to share one piece of, uh, you know, there's many 
things that we, we've got on the plate to talk about today, folks. Technology is one of them, and I, and I want to encourage you guys to just tune out of uh, technology. I've decided that social media is a big part of our problem. And when you look at where we are today, I think a lot of it traces itself back to social media. I was flipping through what remains of my Twitter feed. I noticed this on, have you got clip one ready, by the way? I, I can, sure. Yeah, I was look, flipping through the uh, Twitter feed, and I, um, uh, Rob Reiner, <laughs> a very articulate man, said, uh, watching President, pres, Presidential Press Secretary Jen Psaki, <laughs> Jen Pisaki. What a pleasure it is to see an intelligent, highly competent, informative briefer who doesn't <laughs> spread disinformation and lie. That's the esteemed Rob Reiner. What a sage Rob is. And I, so I went back, and this was last week. I actually prepared this uh, clip last week. Uh, roll clip one, Mr. Producer. Let's hear some of this uh, informative briefing that uh, Pisaki I'll does. I'll circle back if there's more I can share with you. But I'll circle back with you if there's more to convey. Um, I'll have to just circle back with you. We can circle back. With I'm happy to circle back with you. I can circle back. I will have to circle back on that one. That's an excellent question. Oh, such an important question. Uh, we will circle back with you. We'll, we'll circle back with you. It's an interesting question, but uh, we'll, ha we'll circle back. I'll have to just circle back with you. We can circle back. I'm happy to circle back, but I'll have to circle back with you on it. It's a good question, but we'll circle back with you on this today. We will certainly circle back with you more directly. Uh, I hate to disappoint you, but I will have to circle back with you on that as well. And I want to remind you guys that we prepared that little, that little me mesh uh, last week. So when that mesh was prepared, she had been in office one week. Now, granted, she's new, but it just it's so funny. The, the bottom line is uh, Twitter is a cesspool. It is a sewer dump of unthink, and I don't think any of us uh, need to partake any more of any of these uh, technological, uh, oligarchical, censoring uh, agencies that are that are that are running uh, running conservatives uh, into the woodwork, and we'll talk more about that. Well, you um, know what her problem is. She what's her problem? She either lives in a traffic circle or in a cul-de-sac. You know, well, she's uh, circling she's, back. She's uh, she's circling back. So I've got a little contest uh, based on Jinsaki, uh, and we'll talk right. about that after. Uh, we need to give something away. I'm in kind of a giveaway mood here on. Saturday morning coffee this morning, so stick with us. We'll uh, we'll let you guys play a little game with us, and when we come back, we'll be joined by Representative Tim McGinnis. He's uh, going to be joining us in the studio, and we'll talk more about all the things wrong with where we are and what we can do. So stick with us. We'll be right back with more Saturday morning coffee. Coffee. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour is now two full hours. More Reese coming up next on Talk 94.5. Hi, this is Tim oh, McGinnis at the famous Toastry in Carolina Forest, where we are welcoming in 2021. We hope it's a much better year, and we're starting it off with some great food like our Green Goddess Sandwich. Now, if you're a fan of grilled cheese sandwiches, 
This is like the ultimate grilled cheese sandwich. It's avocado, spinach, pesto mayo, mozzarella cheese, goat cheese. It's all melted on sourdough with your choice of a side. We have a lot of great specials going on, including $4 mimosas all month long. We hope to see you at the Famous Toastery real soon. We're at 2005 Oak Heart Road. That's in Carolina Forest, across from Ollie's and next to T-Mobile. Come see us. We're open weekdays, 8 a.m. to 2 p.m., weekends, 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. I'm Tim McGinnis. Can't wait to see you at the Famous Toastery. The Famous Toastery in Carolina Forest, open for breakfast, brunch, and lunch every day on Elkhart Drive near Publix and Goodwill in Carolina Forest. The Famous Toastery. Saturday morning coffee. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour is now two full hours. Full hours on Talk 94.5. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. I am Reese Boyd, your host. It is 7.35 on your Saturday morning. Thanks for sticking with us here on Saturday Morning Coffee as we help you get your Saturday morning going. And by the way, I'm getting reports uh, on the uh, PCRXcomputers.com text line that we are we left our uh, we left our mics up during the break. I only left your mic up. Oh, just my mic. Oh, thank you. <laughs> That's the uh, that's the that's producer extraordinary. Well, you know, I had the that's phone on. I had the phone on. I had the door knocking. I, you know, this, I'm a busy guy. You're a busy guy. Yeah, I sort of push that one button before uh, we left. That one little button makes yeah. all the difference, Glenn. Yeah. All the difference yeah. in the world. Yeah, folks, we're joined here in the studio this morning by the one, the only representative, Tim McGinnis. Tim, how are you doing this morning? I'm not having to deal with hot mics. I'll tell you, I haven't had to do mic. that in four years. <laughs> Happens occasionally. <laughs> How many people, this would be an interesting uh, paper to write. How many people have gotten in trouble throughout history because of an unintentional hot mic? That's a, oh. that would be a funny oh. that would be a funny little paper to write. A long, list. A long list. It almost there. cost our last president the election. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was a lot of because of that hot mic. Yeah, yeah. You'll just be patient until after the election. I can be a lot more reasonable. I can be a lot more reasonable. <laughs> So, uh, Tim is uh, joining us this morning. Tim, as you all know, is a member of the South Carolina House of Representatives. He represents uh, uh, Carolina Forest area, more or less. What's the uh, district number? It's District 56. It actually 56. goes out to Longs, yeah. Highway 90, goes yeah. down into Arrowhead. It's a, uh, it's a large district. I don't know how large it's going to be after this session, mm -hmm. after redistricting, but yeah. yeah. And Tim is also the proprietor of uh, the famous Toastery, also over in Carolina Forest, one of uh, one of my favorite places. And um, we're enjoying at this very moment some fine coffee from the famous Toastery. So yeah. thank you, Tim. Thank you. What kind of coffee are we drinking this morning? This is Lavazza coffee. Lavazza. It's, a, it's an Italian blend. It is great. It's it excellent. Yeah, one of the things that sold me on the on the franchise to begin with was when I tasted the coffee, and it was like my wife says. Uh, a certain huge chain's coffee tastes mm -hmm. too burnt, yeah. and I oh, think yeah. this is just like a very nice, 
not too burnt, but very bold. Yeah. Oh, nice coffee. Yeah. It actually goes on BOGO um, at, uh, um, uh, you know, the, 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 the grocery store. Darn it. Yeah, that I'm, one. I'm in the grocery one. industry, and I, I couldn't. Public Scrubber. Publix, thank yeah. you. Publix yeah. always puts it on buy one, get one free, and that is my girlfriend's favorite coffee. It's a great coffee. Yeah. yeah. Well, we have talked about the famous toastery, Tim. I um, I love the famous toastery. It, I went to the famous toastery in Davidson, which is the original famous toastery, because that's where I went to school, and we actually discovered the famous toastery there. So we love dropping by your case, your place. Well, thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It started back in two thousand five. Yeah, yeah, it's I good there. It's yeah. uh, it's a great little spot. And um, what's your? Uh, do you have a breakfast menu, a brunch menu? If folks want to come in in the morning for coffee and and that sort of thing. Oh what, yeah, what, we what, serve what? the full menu all day. Breakfast, yep. lunch. You can get a burger for breakfast and an omelet for lunch we won't judge you uh-huh. um wow all scratch made great stuff we make our pancakes from scratch we make the mix uh you know french toast waffles well we'll just follow you rubens we'll just follow you back to the shop after the show you've got your please you, do yeah are you heading, are you heading back after the show oh yeah yeah, you've oh, got yeah. Your show? I, I am a i'm a working owner well i <laughs> encourage you guys to check out uh tim mcginnis at the famous toastery and tim where is the shop located just so folks will know if they don't know already we are at 2005 oakheart road that's near the intersection of uh carolina forest boulevard and uh highway 501 we're across from uh ollie's next to t-mobile Outdoor seating, yeah. all that fun stuff. Yeah. yeah. So you and I have actually talked about the restaurant business as a result of the COVID pandemic. Let's talk about that a little bit. How sure. how has we haven't talked? It's been a while since you've been on the show. Mm-hmm. We're not in quite the same uh, condition that we were in then, but things are still tough. So sort of bring us up to date on where things are from your perspective uh, as a restaurant owner. I can't speak for every restaurant owner along the Grand Strand, but I can tell you that as bad as things could be, they could be a whole heck of a lot worse. Mm-hmm. We're holding our own. I, I think if you offer a good product and you offer you, you, you give good service, you're, you're going to survive right now. I tell my staff um, that, you know, in normal times, we're competing against other restaurants. But right now we're competing against a pandemic and whether people feel safe or not going out. Yeah. So it's that much more important to give good service, to provide a good product, and to make sure that people are, are feeling comfortable where they are. Yeah. We, we have the luxury of doing that here. I, I, feel very, I feel very bad for the people in the states that are much more shut down than we are. I don't know how those restaurants have a path back. That one round of PPP helped, I'm sure. Um, another round can help. But you you can throw all the money in the world at it, but when you don't have business for months and months on end, no revenue, yeah. no way to pay your people, um, it I, I don't I don't know the path forward, frankly, for some of those restaurants, yeah. uh, small businesses in particular. Yeah, you can't, and you look at states like New York, New Jersey, mm-hmm. that have just their economies have been decimated, and you can't print enough money. We were talking about we're spending money faster than you can print it right now. Uh, with this latest stimulus, but you can't you can't stimulate the economy through any kind of benefit program enough to make up for just no economic activity. No, you yeah. just can't you can't do yeah. it. Yeah, and, and and think about too. You you hear it in in California, in particular, and we've we we know it's been happening in New York. In fact, many people listening here are probably here as a result of taxes in New York. But you you look at what's happening up there that's forcing people to move to states that are more relaxed. So you have. States like South Carolina benefiting from that, Texas benefiting from that, people leaving. So the the tax base they had post-COVID is mm-hmm. going to be 
it's not going to be there. They, they are they are in demonstrably smaller. They 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 are facing an economic yeah. crisis in the north from and and in the west from from just several different fronts. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how you uh, I, I I you don't combat it the the way they're trying to 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 get through it. Yeah, <laughs> I uh, I call that voting with your feet, and I don't see that trend reversing anytime soon. Mm-hmm. So let's uh, let's talk a little bit about the General Assembly. Obviously, you have the famous toastery over in Carolina Forest, but you're also a member of the legislature. How has the session been so far? You know, the, these are such uncharted uh, uh, it's such uncharted waters that we're that we're navigating right now. It, it's been a it's been a different session all around, from the impacts COVID's had on the way we meet to what we're dealing with while we're up there. We, we have a we have a lot the the good news is coming out of the election we picked up seats in the in the general assembly in both the senate and the house mm-hmm. we have a strong conservative agenda one and by, th- by we you mean the republican party. i mean the republican party yeah, yeah. i think that i think that um we're, we're going to have a we have a strong conservative agenda that, that we'll be able to uh we'll be able to to begin implementing um it, it's a uh I, I'm I'm really proud of of, of much of the work that we're doing at, at the state level right now. I, th- I think we have we have a uh, we have a good way forward here in South Carolina, assuming we can get needles and arms and we can get people comfortable and and back to work and back to uh, back to to a sense of normalcy yeah. and and feeling safe and comfortable in their state. And I think we're well on our way to doing that. Yeah. And is there any particular piece of legislation that you're really sort of shepherding or that you're particularly um dedicated to i have some some hyper local issues that i'm yeah. working on and mm-hmm. one of them for people who live in the I, I guess we could call it the western parts of ori county um they're conway city of conway water customers mm-hmm. but they are they are not city of conway residents and they're paying about a, right around twice what a city of conway resident would pay for water which you could argue saying okay well they the city had to go and put the infrastructure in and and go through extra hoops to get the water out to these people who aren't their their regular taxpayers mm-hmm. that would be true except for the fact that grand strand water sewer actually put that infrastructure in mm-hmm. and grand strand water sewer maintains these lines yeah. and they're paying double to the city of conway for metering them and billing them i don't think that's fair we're yeah. trying to find a legislative solution to this i don't believe there's a legislative fix for everything out there frankly we have too many laws but this is a case where we need to find some kind of relief and this may be the only place in the state that this is happening it has to do with a lawsuit or a, not a lawsuit but mm-hmm. a um, contract that was signed about 30 or 40 years ago nobody yeah. nobody can tell me what exactly that lawsuit contained or why but grand strand water is uh that they would not mind taking the water service over in fact they offered the city of conway two million dollars at a meeting i uh i I hosted between the grand strand water sewer uh ceo mayor conway and the city administrator city turned that down is Uh, is the city just concerned about the money they're making off the deal oh yeah 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 i i I think i think it's it's strictly a uh strictly a money issue yeah and uh but we're working on it it's it's a it's a tough road to hoe but we're working on it well tim we had a lot more to get to can you stick with us man i could stick with you all day all right well i'm tim this coffee you are really helping us up our game here on saturday morning coffee this morning folks we're enjoying some very fine coffee with tim mcginnis stick with us we'll be right back with more saturday morning coffee i'm reese boyd that's glenn die don't leave town
843-798-TALK. Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour on Talk 94.5. I'm guessing you don't get too excited about having to clean your house. I mean, who does? Well, we do. Hi, this is Karina from The Cleanup Club. The Cleanup Club is all about cleaning. Your home, your business. Our staff is professional, efficient, and we're really friendly, too. Get a quote for your home, business, or vacation rental. We love to clean. Start on our website. That's thecleanupclub.com. At The Cleanup Club, we shimmer and shine your house divine. Again, check us out at thecleanupclub.com. Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour on Talk Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Respoid Radio Hour. It is 7.49 on your Saturday morning, Saturday, February the 6th, 2021. Happy birthday, Mr. President. Mr. Reagan would be 110 today, where he's still with us. He's my president. Joined here in the studio this morning by Representative Tim McGinnis, also the owner of the famous toastery over in Carolina, Forrest, one of the supporters of the station. So, Tim, thanks for sticking with us here this morning, and thanks again for this great coffee that we are enjoying. Hey, thanks for having me in, Reese. Yeah. I hope it's not just because of the famous coffee and the Listen, famous toastery. And the- we, have an open, <laughs> we have an open-door policy, as you guys know, here at Saturday Morning Coffee, but we do discriminate in favor of those people who bring good coffee into the studio. Well, good. Yeah. I'm, I'm I mean, glad I have the game. The show, the show is Saturday Morning Coffee, after all. Yeah. I mean, uh, Will from Coastal Sports chimed in on the PCOxcomputers.com text line. Famous toastery has great food. Yeah. Thank you, Will. I appreciate that, my friend. And thanks also to uh, Bobby the Vapor checking in and Tim the Car Detail Guy. Also, Keith, Albert, and uh, Bob checking in. And uh, thanks for listening, guys. Tim, I wanted to ask you, um, we were talking just before the break. I've gotten quite a few inquiries um, this week from folks about the judicial elections. Um, I haven't been following the process that closely, honestly. There's a limit to how much you can follow. You know, sure. it's like we all have bandwidth issues, I think. Um, but uh, there's a few people that have contacted me who are a little discouraged or dissatisfied with, with the manner in which uh, judges are elected and this whole process of electing them by the General Assembly. Um, and one of the things, you know, when I ran for the Senate, one of the things that I talked about on the trail is it might be something to look at to consider adopting more something along the lines of the federal model where the governor selects a slate of judges and they're submitted to the General Assembly for the review and consent, you know, advice and consent of the Senate or the General Assembly, whichever, you know, would be more preferable. But I would say the Senate, but maybe the General Assembly. But how, what's your take on the way we choose judges in, in South Carolina? Are, is, that, is that something that you're thinking about? Do uh, you have any thoughts on, on how we do that? Can we do it in a better way? You know, the... Electing judges is a 
whether you're talking the electorate electing the judges or the people who elected mm-hmm. us, you, you, you know, us as elected representatives yeah. electing judges or mm-hmm. uh, the govern, governor appointing them. It's a, uh, it, what is the right way? Is there a right, you know, do you trust the governor and the Senate with all of the decisions? Yeah. Do you trust the system we have now where we have the Judicial Merit Selection Committee that screens the candidates, um, passes so many out for the for the seats, lets mm-hmm. them run, then the General Assembly chooses them, knowing that you have a lot of members of the legislature who are attorneys who are going to be going up in front of these judges. I don't like that. I don't I don't like um, I, I don't necessarily like the idea of this being on ballots because it turns into a money race. I can yeah. remember when I was young, uh, going in Georgia and uh, going going to to the polls and just kind of well, I don't know who any of these people are. I'm just going to pick the name I like best. So, you are you really having an informed decision when you do that? Yeah. This is a this is something I I would love to see, and and I'm I'm not a big fan of just setting up ad hoc committees to set up ad hoc committees. But I'd like to see a full report on the on the pros and cons of how we do it, of yeah. how other states do it. We that we are one of I believe only two states that do this. Uh, Virginia being the other. Yep. So I think, this, this, I think that's right. In some states, uh, you know, I hear some legislators tell me that other states tell us that we've got it. We, we're, we're, we're doing it the right way. Uh, but when you think about people who sit in front of these judges electing the judges, it gets, uh, you, you know, and I've, and I've heard complaints about some of the judges we've elected. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think every judge, just about every judge has complaints against them um, that, that, that are filed. You know, through, throughout the the years, by people who appear in front of them, yeah. um, we we trust the Judicial Merit Selection Committee, which is comprised of politicians mm-hmm. and attorneys, to to give us the best candidates. Are they? Hopefully, hopefully we have that set up the the right way. But I really would like I'd like to see see a deeper dive into this. I'm not an attorney. Um, mm-hmm. I I love my attorney, my attorney. Uh, compatriots up there legislators mm-hmm. um, they yeah. they're they're smart but i think in this case it, it, i'm not i'm not i'm not sold 100 percent that we're doing this the right way yeah you know it's interesting i like personally i'll just give you my opinion sure and i'm i'm breaking the larry king rule of interviewing when i do this but i like the federal model um i think the federal model where the chief executive in this case it wouldn't be the president it would be the governor appoints the slate of judges that fit his or her agenda and then sends those uh, over to the legislature. And you can involve the, something like the judicial merit selection. There can be an independent professional uh, body involved. The problem, as you know, is the system gets gamed. It gets gamed a lot. And, I mean, let's just you know call it like it is. Like you said, there's a lot of lawyers and, that are involved in that process, and, and how that process works is, is mostly not transparent to the average person on the street. And that's my concern. And I'll tell you another thing that, you know, my first job in law school was uh, a law clerk in the governor's office. And, you know, when you come up the escalator from the garage, the Brown building coming up into the state house, there was always, you know, a a phalanx of judicial candidates. And they were just, you know, that has not changed, you know? Yeah. And, and there was one judicial uh, candidate in particular, a sitting judge who always mistook me for a member of the general assembly. And he was just 
you know, fawning, and I'm like, uh, uh, Judge, Your Honor, I'm, <laughs> I can't vote for you, you know, and, and it was, but it, the, the process to me just seemed kind of unseemly, and I know that it, it is just, it is what it is. It, th- those kinds of things have to happen, I guess, in a political process, but I just think that there probably is a better way to do it, and I'm like you, I don't know exactly what that way is. I tend to think it's the federal model, but, you know, I'm, I would, I think you're, Point is valid. Let's, let's study, study this. Let's yeah. come back with some options and let's let's decide where we want to go with it. The idea of the governor selecting it, you know, over the past um, ten years or so, there's been a lot of effort to give the executive more power in South Carolina mm-hmm. because it was really, uh, it, particularly ten years ago, it was it was a much weaker, sure, uh, yeah. much weaker um, office. And I, I I think that we're in the we're going in the right direction. To make the uh, to to get the executive up there with the with the judicial and the legislative um, in, in terms of in terms of power. Yeah, and you know I think if we could uh, do that and 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 study that issue, I think you will find. I will say this as a practicing lawyer, um, I don't often hear other lawyers say, "Man, I just love the way we pick our judges in South Carolina." Mm-hmm. And I don't necessarily mean that as a criticism, but I do from time to time hear practicing lawyers who are in the system and every day and are in front of these judges say, you know, we really need to do something about the way we um, pick our judges. And I don't, I don't consider it to be a crisis. I just think it's something that falls in that category of things we can improve. You know? I agree. I, uh, if not improve, definitely, well, hopefully improve, but definitely take a look at there. There's no, no reason why we shouldn't take a look at it. Uh, Tim, I had other things to talk about. Are you in a rush? We have, no. we have not run out of coffee. So if you'll stick around a little bit longer, we'll do a, we'll, we'll we'll keep you with us. I'm yours. All right, very well. Don't don't get crazy, but we'll, uh, <laughs> folks. We're talking to Tim McGinnis, a uh, member of the uh, State House of Representatives, representing uh, Ori County in the State General Assembly, and we will uh, uh, be talking to him more after the break. We've got uh, a news break coming up at the top of the hour, so stick with us. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit, Tim, about HOA reform. Okay. And then I've got some specific uh, bills that I wanted to run by you. So stick with us, folks. We've got a lot more to talk about with uh, Representative McGinnis and much other things, many other things to get to here on Saturday Morning Coffee. So thanks for sticking with us. It's Saturday Morning Coffee. It's Tim McGinnis. I'm Reese Boyd. That's Glenn Dye. Don't leave town. We'll be right back after these words on a news break. It's Saturday Morning Coffee. As the weather changes, we continue to hear news of the coronavirus and the flu. While the guidelines continue to encourage hand washing and sanitizing services, indoor air filtration technology has been a growing part of these conversations. Carrier has long been a leader in indoor air filtration with the Infinity Air Purifier. This device has a patented germicidal technology that is so effective it captures and kills 99% of airborne pathogens, including coronavirus. It is literally the same technology used in many hospitals. Carolina Cool's team of advisors can show you this and other options to safeguard your home. Turn to the experts and Carolina Cool. Now that's cool and clean. Carolina Cool, that's cool. You're listening to the Reese Boyd Radio Hour, Saturday morning coffee on Talk 94.5. 
Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. It is 8.07 on your Saturday morning. Joined here in the studio this morning by Representative Tim McGinnis. We're enjoying some fine Lavasa coffee from the famous toastery in Carolina Forest. Thanks, Tim, for that. You are very welcome. I'm usually getting up around this time, so I'm yeah. on about my third cup of Lavazza right now. Um, by the way, uh, we're going to take a break and give something away, Glenn. I meant to do this earlier, but, you know, we've got a little... Uh, prize here in the uh, prize box. I want to do a little uh, contest for our uh, listeners. We uh, used to play a game, uh, Glenn, when I was uh, living in D.C. I had some friends. We played this game where, and Tim, I'll let you file an entry if you like, but uh, you would come up with a word and folks would manufacture a definition. There would be an obscure word, and I try to think of a good example, but so you would divide up in teams and everybody would come up with a a definition, what they think the word meant. And so all those definitions would then get graded, you know, like you would, okay. you know, so, yep. and the objective was to get as many people as possible to vote for your definition of the word. And it occurred to me this week, I was thinking about that game because I was listening to the Circleback press secretary right. and I was thinking, uh, I was trying to get my arms around how you pronounce her name and it just doesn't sound like a name. It sounds more like a word. It's Jinsaki. And I, of course I love, Pasaki. I want to. It sounds know. like a drink. Yeah, it sounds like a drink, and it does sound like, uh, of course, sake. And I thought, you know, if gin sake was a word, what would it be? And I was thinking, my entry would be a Taiwanese martial art where you emphasize circular motions around your opponent until you drop kick them into the mat. That's my. That would be my definition. Gin sake. Gin sake. A Taiwanese martial art where you circle back around your opponent. And drop kick them face down into the mat. So that's my entry. And I'm, of course, I can't win. So you guys, if Jen Saki were a word, and by the way, she's going to be P Saki on this program. We're not going to discriminate against the P. We're going to give the P. The P will be hurt. <laughs> the, the silent P. Yeah. yeah. So, but if Jen Saki were a word, what would it mean? So you guys text in your definitions. We have a Saturday morning coffee T-shirt and a mug and what a Starbucks gift card wow. for the lucky winner. So send in those definitions. The judge's decision is absolute and final. There are no appeals. And we will announce the winner at the end of the program. <laughs> that is at 843-798-8255, the PCRXcomputers.com text line. Yeah, that's, that helps. That helps. That's the PCRXcomputers.com text line. And if you guys want to join the show on the dial-in line, that number is 843 Nine four five. So, Tim, back to our conversation about comings and goings in the General Assembly. Um, there's an issue that I'm kind of been working on because I have a client who, you know, I try to combat tyranny at every level. And sometimes tyranny happens at the federal level. Sometimes it happens at the state level. Sometimes it happens at the neighborhood level. Mm -hmm. And so there's an interesting uh, bill. You know, I don't know if you guys know it, but many of you live in neighborhoods where your HOA limits your ability to fly flags. And some of you may know that the HOA has to give you the right to fly 
the U.S. flag because there is a federal law that protects your right to fly uh, the federal flag on a flagpole in your yard or in, uh, attached to your house. But there is no such provision in South Carolina law. So there is actually a bill pending in the General Assembly uh, to allow you to fly the state flag because I actually have a client that was penalized because all he wanted to do was fly the South Carolina state flag on a flagpole in his yard, and uh, he got penalized for that and uh, paid a fine. So we're, we're working through that issue. And we do HOA work uh, at my office. We do HOA work on HOA work on both sides of the aisle. I represent some HOAs, but I also represent individuals who are wrongly treated by their HOAs. But it seems to be an issue that comes up from time to time. And do you have any, have you had any thoughts or have you worked on HOA issues and is HOA reform? I know it's something that it keeps coming up in the General Assembly. Is that, is that something that, that you would be interested in working on or what's your thoughts about where we are with HOAs? Just before I was elected in 2018, I think it was in the, the previous session, there was a HOA law passed that really had no teeth. Yeah, exactly. I would I would yeah. like to see, and I, I, I have heard that, that, that there is going to be a bill with more teeth, and I will definitely sign on to that bill, assuming it has the right stuff in it. I think thing I, I think probably for 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 most legislators, that is one of the big um that, that that's one of the, the biggest things we hear from our constituents or issues that they're having with the HOA um flying flags should be a no-brainer as long as it fits the uh the requirements of the HOA as far as size goes you don't want to have one of those uh types that you see outside of car dealerships oh, yeah. that are about yeah. as big as a football field in front of a your you know 2,000 square foot house but um I think a, a reasonable you know everybody should be allowed to have a reasonably sized South Carolina flag. We, like you said, we already can fly the United States flag. Um, it's one, you know, you know, and, and not to get off the subject, but that's something that I really kind of, I, I, I try to preach to people, particularly in my district, because I, mm -hmm. I feel like I really am representative of the district. I was born up North, um, but I was raised in the South, came to, came to Myrtle beach, um, Carolina forest within the last 10 years and we need to really recognize that this is home now. We are, you know, we, we may have at one time been of another state, but now we are South Carolinians. And when I see somebody who moves down from New York or Maryland and they start wearing the Palm and Crescent or putting it on their car, I like that. I, yeah. think, I think we should see more of that. I think but we should it, be proud. Back, yeah, yeah, we should be proud. But back to it, I think that we do need a, a, an HOA law that has some teeth so that when, particularly for, for when somebody does have a complaint with an HOA, it doesn't just fall on deaf ears or you don't just file a complaint with the Consumer Affairs Agency only to have it go nowhere. Yeah. I think we need to start really really looking at some serious reform of course with anything in columbia you're going to be going up against some interests who sure that would not be in their interest yeah. and that's politics for you and 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 that's going to be the, the uphill battle we're fighting the water bill i spoke about earlier i'm going to be fighting an uphill battle because that is not in the interest of some cities and, and counties and some cities and counties have have some a justifiable reason for that um but you we need to we need to come up and, and it sounds so cliche and it just sounds like a politician thing to say but man what happened to common sense yeah common sense has really kind of deserted us and we've 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 allowed special interests we've allowed we've allowed too many people to take control of processes that that we should be 
doing in a much more logical way. I don't think people always realize, and they should, I don't think people always realize how much authority they yield to their HOA when they move into these neighborhoods. I've been involved in cases where somebody leaves their trash can out overnight, which is against the rules, and they get a fine, and they don't get immediately notified. And by the time they figure out that they've been fined, the HOA has already tacked on some interest or something and done something that they've, you know, that makes them mad. So they decide I'm not going to pay this and they let it accrue and accrue and accrue. And if they aren't going to pay it when it's $57, they're certainly not going to pay it when it's $625. And so it just snowballs. And I've had people that have literally been served with a foreclosure yeah, you can lose your home over and, it, and it all started because somebody didn't have their trash can in by five o'clock in the afternoon or whatever mm-hmm. that you know whatever that rule was and they because come, they work yeah and they come to me yeah exactly because right. they maybe they were out of town right and they might have had a perfectly reasonable explanation but it just kind of spools out of control and the hoa board gets their dander up and the homeowner is in many cases rightly you know offended mm-hmm. but they come to me and they say can my hoa do this and i'm like uh yeah they can. It's just like the bank. It's just like your mortgage. It's a lien on your property. Or I've seen where you get a letter in the mail, yeah. and the same day you get a registered letter, yeah. basically mm-hmm. with the 30 days on it. And it's like, you know, mail out the letter, give the homeowner a chance to rectify the situation and address it instead of spending, I think it's $7 to yeah. send out. And you might want to multiply that over. They're wasting our money as homeowners. HOAs can serve a good purpose. We It's like so many things. Yep. They, these things can serve a good purpose, but right. when taken to the extremes, we end up upset, yep. and we end up wondering why can't we just be commonsensical about this? Is that a word, commonsensical? Yeah, yeah. Common, commonsensical is a word. Can I use that, Reese? You can use that word Thank on this you. program. We are very flexible with the language. Um, and, uh, Tim, I wanted to ask you, uh, what I tell folks on the HOA boards that we represent is say, look, the golden rule applies here because you're not going to be on this board forever have a little heart and and grace for your neighbor common sense because you're not going to be on this board forever and one day they're going to be you know inspecting your trash right you know but i'd I'd say that's good advice in general yeah not just for each other and people can avoid a lot of the problems by just taking care of their property yeah Uh, we've had a friend in the station before that that the hoa hated him and hated and and i said my hoa loves me because i take care of my and i follow the rules simple Tim, I think you're about to set a record here on Saturday Morning Coffee. Are you good for one more segment? Hey, let's do it. All right, let's do it, folks. We've got Tim McGinnis joining us here on Saturday Morning Coffee this morning. We'll be right back after these words from our sponsors, Little Obscene Profit Timeout, and we'll be back with more Saturday Morning Coffee. Don't leave town. Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. And more coming up next on Talk 94.5. Hi, everybody. It's Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday Morning Coffee. And we're here for a Real Estate Minute with Greg Sisson of the Greg Sisson team with EXP Realty. And we've talked, Greg, on the show about how hot the real estate market is in South Carolina. Is the market still booming? It's not only booming, it still remains hot. Builders trying to catch up to all the demand. We've got only a two-month supply of inventory. So it's a red-hot seller's market for sure. So if folks are interested in selling, what can EXP EXP Realty help them with? Yeah, at the end of the day, it still matters on where you price your home from a listing side, because if you overprice your property in this market and it sits for more than 30 days, people start wondering what's wrong. So it's still important 
to know the market and price it correctly. So the expertise matters. And how can folks get in touch with the Greg Sisson team? Directly on my cell at 843-251-2693 and gregsisson.com. Folks, if you are interested in selling in this market, give them a call. It's the Greg Sisson team with eXp Realty. Call them today. Thanks for waking up with Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour on Talk 94.5. Where are you now when darkness seems to end? Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Respoard Radio Hour. It is 8.21 on your Saturday morning. In just a few minutes, we're going to be joined by Richard Battle. Uh, Richard Battle is a Reagan devotee, and he's going to be talking with me about uh, the great uh, Rinaldus Magnus. President Reagan would be 110 were he alive today, but right now we're still in the studio with Tim McGinnis, Representative McGinnis. Uh, the lesson here, folks, is if you want to stay on the show a long time, just bring some really good coffee <laughs> with you. So I can do that. You can do that, Tim. And uh, this is uh, Lavasa from over at the uh, the uh, uh, famous toastery over in uh, Carolina Forest. So I invite you guys to check that out. Tim, we were talking about a lot of things this morning. We were talking about HOA reform. Uh, one of the things I wanted to ask you about, first of all, we've got a caller um, who has texted in with a question for you. Does Representative McGinnis have an opinion of Carolina Forest breaking away from Myrtle Beach? What say you? Well, first off, to get technical with you, Myrtle Beach, uh, Carolina Forest is not part of yeah, Myrtle was, Beach. Yeah, I was about to say. Uh, it's Carolina Forest is part of Horry County. I yeah. think a lot of people assume that we are because if you, it confused me when I first moved here that I have a Myrtle Beach mailing address yet. Yeah. Um, live in Carolina Forest. So I, I guess the question is, Car- should Carolina Forest be a town? I didn't mean to, you know. Yeah call out the caller or oh, yeah. anything like that. I, I think it's a great question, and it's something that we should consider in years to come. Here's why I don't think we can do it, which is incorporate right now. I don't, why Carolina Forest shouldn't become the city of Carolina Forest. Yeah. And I don't think that's a good idea now because the tax base would be completely residential. So you have to start doing your own city services, everything. You're going to be really taxing just the residents. We don't have the industry, the business in mm-hmm. that's going to support that. If we had some, some, if we had a lot more business and a diversified business, not just retail, um, you know, but and, and keep in mind churches and schools do not contribute to the tax base. Um, we, 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 we just need some businesses in the forest. And if we had some, some business and some, some diversified business, um, you know, we, we, we could start having that conversation. But until then, it's yeah. just, frankly, you, you like your taxes low. You like your property taxes mm-hmm. low. Mm-hmm. Let's let's just um, stay the course that keep, we're on right now. Keep it simple. Yes, sir. Yeah. Some business in the forest. That's a good point. And I think we have that issue kind of countywide, but certainly in we Carolina do. Forest. We, well, I we think the, the issue we have yeah. countywide is diversifying. Exactly. You know, tourism. Mm-hmm. I think we've, we've learned through hurricanes and now a pandemic that mm-hmm. you can't put all your eggs in one basket. Yeah, I think that's very true. Uh, another issue that I wanted to ask you about, uh, Tim, is there's a, you know, I think one of the major, we were talking about 
uh, earlier in the show, sort of the big sort of thematic challenges that we face here in the country today. And, of course, one of the huge challenges that we face is this loss of our First Amendment freedoms in the social media space, in the virtual public square, uh, as a result of the actions of people like uh, folks like Twitter and Google and YouTube and, and all of the social media companies who are clamping down you know, there's this emerging view that if you are a conservative, it's out there, it's not just emerging, there's this view that if you are a conservative and you hold to conservative political values, um, that if you don't keep those values to yourself, you're basically going to be painted as a bigot or a domestic terrorist, or it's really frightening. Um, and I was very interested to see, I believe Representative Burns has, ish, uh, has adopted a bill, H3450, this bill was uh, the first to be filed of its type, and now 13 other states have followed suit. The digital public square uh, of the major social media sites must encourage a free flow of political and religious ideas in robust debate, something that we have always valued in this country. Um, and, of course, in, the, in this country in the past, we've always had the public square, and the only folks that could really keep you from going into the public square and enjoying your First Amendment freedom was the local mayor, you know, the town police, those guys. And they were, of course, a government agent. And But the problem we have today is the public square is mostly online. Mm-hmm. People don't really go into the town square anymore. They go to Facebook. They go to Twitter. And, of course, the First Amendment doesn't apply to Jack Dorsey and Google because they're not government. They're private companies. So these bills, H3450 and, and various others, I don't know if you saw uh, Ron DeSantis, Governor DeSantis down in Florida, had a press conference, a very similar bill in Florida, basically gives individuals the private right of action, the ability to sue Google. And I, haven't, I don't have the actual text in the bill, but I'm, they're all kind of in that same vein. They rely on the state law, state tort exemption in Section 230 of the Federal Communications Decency Act to allow states to establish a private right of action. So if, if you run a website like we run at Saturday Morning Coffee or other, uh, you know, other, you know, anybody, really, even a private citizen, just their personal Facebook page, and Facebook deplatforms you or kicks you off the platform, uh, you can sue them. And, and these, uh, you know, the damages, any one person suing Facebook is not going to cripple Facebook. But, of course, if they do it to one, they probably do it to thousands, and then you can have a class action. And so it really gives some teeth to people to fight back. Uh, and I and it's one of in my mind, and this is just me speaking as a lawyer, and I'm talking too much. I apologize, <laughs> but it strikes me as a really good tool to get back at some of this online censorship. And of course, I'm a lawyer, and nothing would uh, please me more than to be able to sue Jack Dorsey for a few million dollars. Uh, which I would gladly do, folks, if we get the opportunity. Uh, so remember that. Um, but I've I've set you up. What do you think? Is that is that what do, what do you? Th- Let me ask you this question. What do you think we should do about the the very dramatic problem that we have of censorship in social media? So we are about twenty years into this new internet experiment, where th- this is where we are doing a lot of our communication. I guess it started in yeah. probably ninety four, ninety five, and it's yeah. just just kept growing exponentially i your analogy of the public square and you you pointed this out too but your analogy of the public square is that the difference is we own the public square we as taxpayers we as citizens own the public square we do not own facebook we don't own google we don't own uh 
uh, Twitter, you name it. Exactly. And I want to I want to put out there real quick. I don't like social media. I, I'm on social media. You'll find me there. We agree. <laughs> I, I hate it. I think it's been disastrous. I, I, think, I think it. I think it has it has deteriorated the 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 conversation. It, it's it's made us much more of a bitter and divided people. I, and could, not, I could not agree more. People run to their camps yeah. and they won't look into anybody else's camp, and it, it the vitriol is just yeah. so bad. But back to the point. Yeah. I, and you're an, you're an attorney, and what I would what I will do is I will follow this bill as it goes through. I, if it when it hits a subcommittee or a committee meeting, I want to hear the arguments. This is one that's. Man, on the surface, it's it's one of those things. Sounds great. You should be able to say what you want to say, where you want to say it. But on the other hand, are we infringing on the business, the business's yeah. right to do what it wants within its confines? It's a it's a and I and I I would assume as an attorney, you can see there's a lot of there's some gray area here. We're we're gonna have to uh, yeah. we're gonna have to study this carefully because I think any decisions, any laws we pass, you know, maybe not so much at the state level, but when it hits the federal level, it's gonna have to be. It's a slippery slope. Yeah. It's a slippery slope. Well, and I, I will say this: in the model legislation that I've seen, there are carve outs. So for things like uh, uh, sex trafficking, child porn, porn, anything that could legitimately be regulated, that is not literally infringing on someone's what would be constitutionally protected speech if they were in the public square. Mm -hmm. So they carve out those things. So you theoretically, and you should, you should, you should should preserve the right of Facebook to protect its neighborhood, its environment. But the problem, Tim, as I see it is these folks are being transparently uneven in, in the way they administer these things. And, you know, they're, they're, attacking the conservatives they're deplatforming them i mean look what was done to parlor i mean mm-hmm. it's insanity it's mm-hmm. crazy i agree that's so. but i just as far as following the letter of the law following yeah. no, I, our I constitutional values yeah. i i, I want to make you know i just want to be sure we're doing legally ethically morally the right thing and it and it there, there's got to be something in there that we can we, we can find a common ground. And remember, too, if we do create that carve out under the Communications Decency Act for private right of action under mm-hmm. the state under the state tort laws, then those claims would still have to be proven in state mm-hmm. court. So you'd still have to prove in state court or in a federal court that um, to a jury of the peers that Facebook discriminated against you and and pushed you off their platform because of your religious views or because of your conservative political views or some kind of you know some kind of improper basis so anyway something to think about tim i wanted to uh, ask you about some red flag legislation that's in the legislature we'll get to that next time you can come back anytime thank you just, sir just bring some more of this fine lavaza coffee with you you've got yeah, it, my friend. Second the motion. yeah yeah and by the way before we go i'm going to present you tim as a token of our appreciation with your oh, very cool. own saturday morning coffee coffee mug oh very nice yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh so cool how about that? i'm Thank you for having me, Reese. I've, I've enjoyed this. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. This is Tim McGinnis, folks. Catch him um, anytime when you can at the uh, famous toastery over in Carolina Forest. And uh, thank you for all your work in the General Assembly. Keep it up and uh, come back on the show anytime. All right. Thanks a lot, Reese. Yes, sir. Good to see you. Folks, uh, we'll be right back after these words from our sponsors with more Saturday morning coffee. That's Tim McGinnis. I'm Reese Boyd. It's Glenn Dye. Don't leave town.
Saturday morning coffee. Call the show at 843-903-2945. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour returns after these on Talk 94.5. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour, two full hours on Talk 94.5. Tell the Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Respoiled Radio Hour. It is 8.35 on your Saturday Morning Coffee. Man, Saturday Morning Coffee has flown by this morning. It's because we're drinking some high-powered coffee. Yeah, we are drinking some fine Lavasa coffee from the uh, famous toastery over in Carolina Forest, thanks to Representative Tim McGinnis. We've got a few entries, uh, Glenn, on the the, uh, come-up-with-a-definition contest. Uh, Jen Saki, a boutique toy dog haberdashery that's that's not bad that's not bad johnny ticker symbol p it's wall street bet's latest short squeeze target that is not bad uh japanese cocktail uh, excuse me a socialist hangover it's a japanese cocktail combining sapphire and sake it's called the socialist hangover that's gin sake gin sake the socialist hangover cocktail not bad not bad that's uh, somebody who doesn't have a name on our list of deplorables we've got uh, gin sake someone doing the best they can in a losing battle i like that i yeah. like that hopefully uh hopefully it is a losing battle for uh gin pasaki uh, we'll see but uh, uh what else have we got here um Let's see. That's it. Ancient Japanese aperitif uh, from our own uh, Tom Harris. Well, I am glad that you said aperitif because I looked at that like, how the heck are you saying <laughs> aperitif. aperitif? Leave it to Tom Heron to text us a word like Yeah, I, I, I need to Google it. Yeah, Google that. Yeah. So I'm, uh, thanks for those entries, folks. By the way, uh, Tom is a radio station personality. You cannot win the contest. But thank you for playing. <laughs> thank you for playing. we got some nice parting gifts for you. Um, that's where we are on the contest, folks. Right now we are, as I said this morning, uh, celebrating the birthday of Rinaldus Magnus, who would be 110 years old, my president. Certainly today he is my president. And we were talking earlier in the show what a lasting impact uh, Ronald Reagan had, what a wonderful uh, president he was, what a great uh, contribution he made to the country. And, you know, Ronald Reagan, his career, actually, he started his career later in life, um, but he was truly uh, unique in in the political arena, Uh, rose to... uh, National prominence, prominence in 1964 when he spoke uh, on the uh, on behalf of Barry Goldwater on the uh, Goldwater presidential campaign trail, and of course Goldwater tapped into a sort of a uh, populist resurgence in the Republican Party, where uh, tapped into the same sort of sentiments that Donald Trump tapped into uh, a federal government that was not responsive to the will of the people, that was growing by leaps and bounds, and becoming more expensive and less fiscally responsible by the minute. And uh, he probably tapped into it uh, more articulately than Barry Goldwater did himself, which is probably why Barry Goldwater didn't win in uh, 64. But 
Reagan would later tap into that same vein uh, to come back in uh, 76 and make a strong run in 76. And uh, but let's roll that. Uh, let's roll clip two, producer, Mr. Producer, if you can. That's this is the speech that uh, Reagan gave on the Barry Goldwater campaign trail, which brought him. They call it the speech. It's called a time for choosing, and it's referred to in the, the Reagan anthology as the speech. I have spent most of my life as a Democrat. I recently have seen fit to follow another course. I believe that the issues confronting us cross party lines. But I think it's time we ask ourselves if we still know the freedoms that were intended for us by the founding fathers. Not too long ago, two friends of mine were talking to a Cuban refugee, a businessman who had escaped from Castro. And in the midst of his story, one of my friends turned to the other and said, we don't know how lucky we are. And the Cuban stopped and said, how lucky you are. I had some place to escape to. And in that sentence, he told us the entire story. If we lose freedom here, there's no place to escape to. This is the last stand on earth. And this idea that government is beholden to the people, that it has no other source of power except the sovereign people, is still the newest and the most unique idea in all the long history of man's relation to man. This is the issue of this election. Whether we believe in our capacity for self-government or whether we abandon the American Revolution and confess that a little intellectual elite in a far distant capital can plan our lives for us better than we can plan them ourselves. You and I are told increasingly we have to choose between a left or right. Well, I'd like to suggest there is no such thing as a left or right. There's only an up or down. Man's own old age dream, the ultimate in individual freedom consistent with law and order, or down to the ant heap of totalitarianism. And regardless of their sincerity, their humanitarian motives, those who would trade our freedom for security have embarked on this downward course. But seriously, what are we doing to those we seek to help? Not too long ago, a judge called me here in Los Angeles. He told me that a young woman who'd come before him for a divorce. She had six children, was pregnant with her seventh. Under his questioning, she revealed her husband was a laborer earning $250 a month. She wanted a divorce to get an $80 raise. She's eligible for $330 a month in the Aid to Dependent Children program. She got the idea from two women in her neighborhood who'd already done that very thing. Yet any time you and I question the schemes of the do-gooders, we're denounced as being against their humanitarian goals. They say we're always against things, we're never for anything. Well, the trouble with our liberal friends is not that they're ignorant. It's just that they know so much that isn't so. Now, I love that line. The, the trouble with our liberal friends is not that they're ignorant. It's that they know so much that isn't so. And uh, so I wanted to uh, share that with you. We've got some other clips that we may be able to get to in the show. Right now we're joined on the program by author Richard Battle. Richard is uh, the author most recently of Navigating Life's Journey, Common Sense in Uncommon Times. And uh, Richard was actually recommended to me by our own Liz Calloway. And Liz suggested we bring Richard on. Richard is a uh, student of... Uh, Ronald Reagan, and it was actually on the Liz show as well. So, uh, Richard, welcome to the program. Reese, good morning. That clip gives me chills today, as it does every time I hear it. And any day we get to celebrate President Reagan is a great day. Yeah, it's amazing. I, I thought about it yesterday morning as I was uh, listening to your interview with Liz, and I thought, and I shared this with her after, I think after your segment. But I said, you know, 
I kept running through my brain that line from the uh, Simon and Garfunkel tune, where have you gone, Joe DiMaggio? You know, where have you gone, Ronald Reagan? Uh, a lonely nation needs you. We oh, how much, <laughs> how much do we need a leader like Ronald Reagan today? Well, we were so blessed to, to have him as a leader for the country, but his leadership style and the things that he did were great influences on people like myself and many others that have helped our personal and business careers as well, mm-hmm. and I think go well beyond his impact in the political sphere. Yeah. It's always been interesting to me that I, I think people in my age group are, in my demographic, because Reagan is, the, as I shared earlier on the program, uh, the first president that I really remember. It's kind of where I formed my political views, and and people who came of age politically during the eight years that Reagan was president historically have been one of the most commonsensical, reliably conservative voting demographics that we have. And it's, and it shows you what, what leadership can do, what, what you can accomplish when you don't really care about getting credit, when you're not, when it's not all about you, it's not, you know, Reagan, I think exemplified all that. Well, absolutely, and that was one of his great quotes about it was amazing what you could do when you didn't care who got the credit. And he specialized in trying to lift everyone up and encourage them to do better in their lives and do better for the country. And it inspired us at a time when when he came to office, the country was at a very low morale because we'd given the Panama Canal away, we had hostages in Iran, OPEC was playing us like a fiddle, we had to stand in line for gas, and it was as hard to get gas as the COVID vaccine today. And so the people were very depressed, and when he came into office, his optimism uh, lifted the country and gave us the thoughts that we could do better as a country and individually. Yeah. Is there, uh, I believe you had uh, had, uh, the opportunity to meet Reagan right after his assassination, Is is that correct? Well, I didn't have an opportunity to meet him, but I was privileged to see him in his first speech. And I said, I'm sorry, I, I, I said assassination. I meant assassination attempt. Goodness gracious. I missed <laughs> Yes, and I saw him in San Antonio, and it was the Junior Chamber of Commerce National Convention. And we were in this large arena, 10,000 people, and Reagan was trying to inspire us to give more in our civic involvement. Mm-hmm. And he left us with the line, if not you, who? If not now, when? Yeah. And that is so true today. And, and one of the things that happens, especially for we who are a little disappointed in the last election, is there's a tendency to want to give up and think that we can't do anything. And what I would try to suggest to all of us is, none of us can do everything to get this situation resolved, but we can all do one more thing than we're doing, whether it's show up at a school board meeting, run for school board, uh, be on the city council, volunteer someplace. We can all do one more thing. And the more of us that do that, the more of us will preserve our individual liberty and the self-determination that Reagan spoke about in that speech. And I also wanted to give you a chance, uh, Richard, I believe your most recent book is called Navigating Life's Journey, Common Sense in Uncommon Times. Um, as, as much as I don't like Amazon right now, it's available on Amazon. Folks can check it out. But tell us, uh, what's, that, what's that about? Well, it's a book that highlights and celebrates our heritage, our way of life, 
mm-hmm. uh, Western civilization, the American culture that built the greatest country in the history of the world. And it has 40 bite-sized chapters. There's 250 examples of people, places, and events that help make this country what it is. And people will be encouraged by it to live their values that they were brought up with and teach them to their children. They'll be inspired to pursue their dreams to the fullest extent they can uh, as well. Well, we will um, we will post a link to that on the pay on the on the social media pages for Saturday morning coffee, Richard. And we encourage folks to check that out. And you know, one of the things I was talking about earlier this morning is the the values that we grew up with. You know, when I was a kid, we were encouraged to be patriotic and love the country. And and you wonder what values kids are absorbing today. You get the feeling that those aren't the same values that are being um, sponge fed into our children. Well, one one simple example is. Uh, when we grew up, the last place we would look for help would be the federal government. And today, there's such a push to make the federal government be the first and only place people look to for assistance yeah. versus family, friends, and neighbors. And President Reagan said the nine most terrifying words in the English language were, I'm from the government, and I'm here to help you. And we need to build up people's self-reliance and independence again. Amen to that. You got a bell ring, Richard. Thank you for joining us, Richard, folks. It's Richard Battle. His book is called Navigating Life's Journey, Common Sense in Uncommon Times. Richard, thanks for sharing your Reagan experience with us. Come back on the show anytime. Thank you for having me, and God bless America. Thank you so much. God bless America, folks. That's Richard Battle. His book is called Navigating Life's Journey. Check him out, and we'll be right back after these words from our sponsors with more Saturday Morning Coffee. And more. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour is now two full hours. More Reese means more coffee. Coming up next on Talk 94.5. If you're in IRS distress, Brian Brady CPA is there for you. Brian Brady CPA will get your tax return done the right way. Brian Brady is the only certified tax resolution specialist in all of South Carolina. Call Tax Resolution Services LLC today and let Brian Brady address your tax issues. Call 843-668-4340 to schedule a contact-free consultation or visit TaxResolutionServicesLLC.com. Loss of a loved one is always difficult. Goldfinch Funeral Home has been the leader in our community for 115 years, offering full-service funerals as well as cremation services and pre-planning options so that you don't have to leave your family with difficult decisions during a stressful time. With five locations to serve you, including their newest in Carolina Forest, they are available any time of day or night. Learn more about personalized options at goldfinchfuneralhome.com. Hi, everybody. It's Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday Morning Coffee. We're here today talking with Greg Sisson of the Greg Sisson Team EXP Realty. Good morning, Greg. Good morning, Reese. So, Greg, you've been on the show, and we've talked many times about what an incredibly hot market we have in real estate here along the Grand Strand. And, of course, there are many real estate agents that folks who have property to sell could choose, but why should they choose the Greg Sisson team? I think experience matters. I mean, 23 years here locally in the business, but I think what sets us apart is having a strategy for buyers in this competitive environment to compete and win. It is advantage seller. So you've got to have a strategy for your buyers that they can 
can come to a transaction and win with all the competing offers, and we can share that with our buyers. Folks, that's Greg Sisson with the Greg Sisson team. Reach Greg at 843-251-2693 or book your appointment online at gregsisson.com. Give them a call today. It's real estate agents you can trust. Hi, I'm State Treasurer Curtis Loftus. I get a lot of questions from young parents about how to save for college, and my answer is always the same. Open a future scholar account. It's our state's 529 college savings plan, and it helps make saving easy. And start now. The earlier, the better, because your earnings can really add up. There's no minimum to get started. So what are you waiting for? Go to futurescholar.com today and start saving the smart, easy way. Hi, everybody. It's attorney Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour here on WTKN. I'm also a practicing attorney with the firm of Davis and Boyd, attorneys at law here in Myrtle Beach. These are certainly trying and uncertain times for individuals, families, and businesses here along the Grand Strand. Please know that our team of professionals at Davis and Boyd stands ready to assist you with all of your personal and business legal needs. So if we can assist you in any way, give us a call at 839-9800. That's Davis and Boyd, attorneys at law. Saturday morning coffee. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour is now two full hours. Two full hours on Talk 94.5. One, two, three. Like a dark-haired girl in a Cadillac A main street of an old forgotten town The sunlight shines and fine white lines On weathered stores with open signs They may as well just close them down Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. I am... Reese Boyd, and it is the closing parting wisdom segment of Saturday Morning Coffee. Time flies when you're having fun, Glenn. It is uh, unbelievable. We've come to the conclusion of another great show. I want to thank both of our guests, Richard and Tim. Thanks for joining us guys here on the program. Great uh, interviews with both of you, and wanted to share a few more items with you folks. The um, issue that we were talking about with Tim McGinnis, Representative McGinnis, about Google. I really Google Twitter, the the tech oligarchy that we um, that we're up against. I think it really is one of the gravest threats to your personal freedom, your personal liberty that we presently face. And we have got to figure out how to do it. And I personally think that this bill that we are discussing with or that we're discussing uh, H3450, Stopping Media Censorship. I think that is the way to go at the moment. That's, there, may, there may determine, we may determine that there's a better solution. But at the moment, I support this legislation. What it does is under the Communications Decency Act, there is a carve-out for the states to insert particular provisions for relief for their own people uh, under, the, under their state uh, common law tort claims uh, for wrongful conduct by these by these companies that benefit from the other that otherwise are shielded not they don't just benefit they are otherwise shielded from tort liability by the 
terms of the Communications Decency Act. As long as they provide a neutral platform for the dissemination of information. Now, nobody is supposed to yell fire in a crowded theater. We all know that. You're not supposed to distribute trash. You can't pump kitty porn out and expect to not be criticized. But at the end of the day, the tech platforms, Google, Twitter, it is demonstrably obvious to all of us, it should be obvious, that they are not behaving in an even-handed fashion. So that is where I believe the state should step in and say, look, you can sue Twitter or Google or any company that discriminates against you on the basis of your political affiliation or on the basis of your religious beliefs, and you can win an award. And it may not be a big deal to Twitter if one person sues, but if there's a class action and everybody in South Carolina who's conservative who gets deplatformed sues them, it will be a big deal. So I encourage you guys to follow that, and we will, um, we will, uh, we will keep you up to date. We are celebrating the... Uh, wisdom of Ronald Reagan today, and we're going to close with a segment. Uh, let's roll that clip. Huh? He was just an extraordinarily likable uh, human being. What then can we learn from President Ronald Reagan? We can start with understanding how he viewed his two terms in office. My fellow Americans, it's been the honor of my life to be your president. So many of you have written the past few weeks to say thanks, but I could say as much to you. As long as we remember our first principles and believe in ourselves, the future will always be ours. And something else we learned. Once you begin a great movement, there's no telling where it'll end. We meant to change a nation, and instead, we changed a world. Reagan's revolution had three primary goals to cure an ailing economy, to promote freedom at home and abroad, and to revive the American spirit. As he prepared to leave office, most Americans felt President Reagan had met those promises. There are a thousand lines about Ronald Reagan. I think my favorite was what George Will wrote. He said, passengers were on the ship on a very stormy sea. He took control of the ship. He calmed the passengers and the sea. He did both. That's Bill Mr. Bennett. President. The office which you hold Margaret Thatcher. is the greatest in the world, but it is the man who holds that office, you, sir, who has enabled us to begin the world over again. We salute and thank you for it. The past few days when I've been at that window upstairs, I've thought a bit of the shining city upon a hill. The phrase comes from John Winthrop. This is from his farewell address. The America he imagined. What he imagined was important because he was an early pilgrim, an early freedom man. He journeyed here on what today we'd call a little wooden boat. And like the other pilgrims, he was looking for a home that would be free. I've spoken of the shining city all my political life, but I don't know if I ever quite communicated what I saw when I said it. But in my mind, it was a tall, proud city built on rocks stronger than oceans, windswept, God-blessed, and teeming with people of all kinds living in harmony and peace. A city with pre-ports that hummed with commerce and creativity. And if there had to be city walls, the walls had doors, and the doors were open to anyone with the will and the heart to get here. 
Folks, that's some wisdom from Ronald Reagan. What a great American he was. We are so blessed to have had his leadership at such a crucial time. Let me leave you with this bit of wisdom from the Proverbs. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. That's Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. By the way, we have a winner, Johnny. Jen Saki is a boutique toy dog haberdashery. So congratulations, Johnny. Text us your address, and we'll get that prize package right out to you. Folks, we'll be back next week with more Saturday Morning Coffee. Be back. Up with Saturday morning coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour on Talk 94.5.